0: So back when I was working in nonprofits and I kind of hit a wall, which I talked about in episode one. If you haven't heard it yet, you should go back and listen to it. When I hit my own wall, I had no idea what I was supposed to do. Like I I knew there might be other options, especially as a licensed clinician, of, of work I could do to I, I needed to be making more money and I needed to have more time. Um, those were kind of the major obstacles that were in front of me, but I didn't know how a person goes about doing that. I didn't. I didn't have any idea of what my options were, and I had to spend a lot of time talking to different people and getting a sense of what was available to me before I could make a move because I just felt clueless um, and very overwhelmed. And I think that this is something that happens to people a lot. I think that in the helping professions we get we get trapped in this sense of I am, there, there's an obstacle and it feels like something that I can't get over or something that I, I don't know how to address without more information. And it's like, you have to just sort of figure out or guess where the information is <laughs> because it's not being offered to you by anybody in particular. And it can be really hard to put together. And I think it causes a lot of us to feel defeated and maybe not move forward in ways that we would otherwise because we just don't know what to do. <laughs> Our guest today, uh, Ashley Kamajis, is really cool simply because she is like a master problem solver. Um, she is a person who had a number of different obstacles that she just kept bumping up against, and instead of um, just sort of giving up or you know getting really um, discouraged, she just figured out solutions to them, <laughs> like over and over again. And I think listening to her talk about it and tell her story is really, is potentially really inspirational for other helpers because that is the kind of mindset and spirit we need to be in if we want to put together a life for ourselves that we feel truly fulfilled by um, and happy about. And that's subject to change, you know? We can change all the time um, and, and we're probably going to. So we need to figure out how to solve these, these problems when they come up for ourselves. So here is Ashley Comagies and her master problem solving. So today we have Ashley Comagies. And Ashley, thank you so much for, for doing this with me, for talking with us. Yeah, I'm glad to, to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to talk to you and hear about what you're doing. So tell us a little bit just about who you are as a helper. Like, who are you in the helping professions?
1: Um, so I guess by trade, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. Um but it's interesting as I was, you know, kind of thinking about that question earlier about like, just like knowing that you're going to talk about helpers and like, I've always been a helper. <laughs> so mm-hmm. my profession, um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, um, and I work in private practice, but like, I think helper is just in my nature. Um, and, and I think it's a fit <laughs> that got me to where I am today, like personality and makeup wise, um. I'm I now in private practice and I work with women with anxiety, um, helping them um, find ways to cope, whether mm-hmm. it's from a trauma, just life changes. Um, I work with a lot of uh, military spouses, new moms, um, but a lot of times it's women who maybe have had anxiety for a while, but um, something has kind of started up more recently and they're looking for new ways to kind of work through
0: that Mm -hmm.
1: that's very cool
0: and so before that what what other kind of work have you done you're you're an lcsw me too yes oh awesome yeah yeah Yeah. and we we have a lot of parallels actually because we found out we're both the telehealth providers even pre-covid and and licensed in several states so all the things but um so what other kinds of work have you done before this in that in like the helping realm
1: yeah so i mean even just in like the field of social work i um I've worked um, in juvenile justice um, mm-hmm. right out of grad school. I was working for juvenile drug court in New Orleans, and I really loved that work. But it was your typical right out of yeah. grad school, not paying very much, yeah. long hours, and the burnout was real. Sure. Um, and so that um, that was kind of my first step into like the actual social work profession. Um, but then I've done. Um, Various types of crisis counseling, whether it was um, going out into the community after a shooting or some kind of trauma. Wow, um, that's no joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, I worked for an organization that does a lot of work um, with children. Mm. And so I was part of a special team that we, we would go into schools um, and do kind of like crisis debriefing after there would be like a shooting or a death of someone Um, a student in in the community, um, and kind of help with like debriefing after, you know, in the aftermath of that. Um, and so, and then in, in doing that, then we, I also was doing individual work with, um, some of the students, whether it was from those, um, like those events, or else also from um, just community referrals. It's an organization that they provide free counseling for children of trauma, mm-hmm. um, and so was doing kind of those two things in conjunction. Um, I've also done like crisis mental health response, like where we would go out and evaluate yep. individuals and if we needed to get them hospitalized, did that. Um, and then I kind of was like, I need a little break <laughs> from the really, really intense work. And so I went yeah. into medical social work which was like, okay, this pays better. I'm not taking my work home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it was just kind of supposed to be like a little place to kind of rest for a bit um, until I kind of figured out what I wanted to do next. Um, And in the midst of that, it was when I met my husband and ended up having to relocate because of his job. um, And it kind of propelled me into private practice then. Um, So I've really, I've done... Macro, I've done micro, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in between, um, and just kind of by happenstance landed where I am right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's really interesting. So like a lot of us, you've kind of jumped all over. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. just started with some really fluffy, easy kind of work. Um, yes.
1: <laughs> of course, right?
0: <laughs> and then just thought, well, I'll, you know, continue to take it easy. Um, like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. So kind of sampled all the things. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that eventually you said kind of because of your personal life circumstances sort of pointed you in the direction of eventually going to private practice so what what did that look like what kind of work does your husband do and how did that all kind of come together
1: yeah so my husband's in the coast guard and um we ended up getting stationed Um, on Maui in 2015 and yeah like which sounds awesome (laughs) and like (laughs) in many ways it was it took me some time to adjust but um, it's a great place to vacation but it's a really hard place to live especially if you um, I think are career minded. You know, it's not like Oahu where Oahu is a big city, you know, or it's an island, but it has a it has Honolulu. I mean there's a million plus people there. Um, whereas Maui, like people that live there full time, it's around two hundred thousand. And so just the opportunities there just weren't available. Um and my career is something that has always been important to me and You know, it it takes a lot of work to get (laughs) through grad school to get your LCSW. It's a lot of time, it's a lot of money. And so it wasn't something that at especially at that point we didn't have kids, it wasn't something that I'm like, okay, yeah, like let's just throw this away. Right. Um, you know, it took me a lot to get there. And so because partly because of like our lifestyle at the time, where he had a lot of Travel that he would be doing to inner islands for his work, and then we were in the midst of planning um, a wedding, and that we would be traveling for. I'm um, like a reg like a regular job, meaning one that you're working for someone else, just isn't going to provide the flexibility that like his job had. Right? Mm. Like, I would maybe be given two weeks vacation, and that was it. And that just wasn't what I wanted. Um, given at that point, I was about seven, six, seven years into my career. Um, and it, but, and it felt like kind of starting over, you know, I had been in new Orleans for six years at that point and had worked my way up in different places and and had built a network. And here I'm literally landing on an Island and no one knows me. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I started doing some kind of PRN work for a home health, um, company, Um, but I, but I wanted to have just, again, more, more income for sure, but also just the flexibility for myself. And so, you know, I, I've never, I was never someone that when I started grad school said I want to do private practice. Like that was never on my radar, Mm -hmm. but, um, I've always pointed back to this, that like the first day of grad school, this one professor first class, he, he probably did the best thing that he could have done for those of us that were in that class that he, rather than like, let's just start into the syllabus and stuff. He laid out the whole process of, okay, so here's what you're doing. You're starting your master's today and you're going to graduate. And then here's, you're going to have to take this test to get your MS, (laughs) uh, your, uh, what would be LMSW. And then you're going to have to get your supervision hours and you can get your LCSW. And you know, I was, again, I was not someone that's like, I want to do clinical work necessarily at the time, but he said, you know, LCSW allows you to have higher paid positions, can be in administrative roles, um, be in private practice. And, and he, I think he raised it, but it was one of those things at the time that I was like, well, you know what? Okay. If I ever can't find a job, I always have private practice to fall back on. Right. Like that to me was like the game plan. I was like, okay, like if I really am in a pinch, then that's the plan. Well, never knowing that that was going to be my life, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, at that at the time was struggling because like, I didn't have like the finances to start up. <laughs> you know, getting an office and all of that. But I found, you know, a place that this lady would let me use like for an hour at a time and just pay her, you know, by the hour and then began slowly starting to network on the island and found another um, social worker who was in the process of starting a group practice. And her and I and another practitioner kind of came together and started what's now um, Mindful Living Group on Maui. And... It, I became like a contracted um, uh, 1099 with that practice, but, it, but I became the director for the clinic and like did it all. I did our billing, wow. I did um, all of our credentialing, like helping with – networking and marketing and stuff. So it really gave me the, the ability to kind of really dive into private practice and see what this was all about yeah. without the overhead costs, um, like all just being on me. So that was definitely a real blessing and a real game changer because it took me, it, it gave me like what I wanted, <laughs> the freedom to do, uh, you know, to work for myself essentially. Um, and then to really kind of get to peer behind the curtain of like, how does this all work? Right.
0: Right. That's so cool. It's so interesting. Like you said, none of us really have... Private practice in mind, like I don't, right. I don't think I've ever met another social worker whose initial goal was was private practice. Right. Or like I was saying to someone the other week, like I thought that that was a thing that I would do when I was like, you know, like in retirement. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But it's right. And it's so funny how things kind of unfold to take you yeah. to that unexpected place. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's really cool. So it's like things just kind of lined up for you.
1: It it really did, and and. And, you know, I always say, like, I would love to take like snapshots of moments in time and like have like go in the past and be like look at this like snapshot of the future like and at the time i'm sure i'd be like what the heck is happening <laughs> you know, like, where is that because i think if you would show that to, you know where i am now back to the beginning of grad school i'm like wait a second you're not working for a nonprofit, you're not like in an administrative role you're not doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing as a social worker you're know, in quotes um <sighs> but like i'm so happy doing what i'm doing
0: Yeah. So tell us more about that. So you, so you had joined this group practice and become the director. And then how did you kind of start to continue to build to, to more where you are now?
1: Yeah. So, um, working for the, the group practice, we were just, um, just providing services to clients in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I was still licensed in Louisiana at the time. And As When I had originally said, oh, well, maybe I'll just kind of do my own thing, really started to look into telehealth um, and to online therapy because um, it was just, I mean, telehealth has actually been around for over 60 years. I don't think people realize that, but it's been around for a long time, but it was starting to kind of get a little bit of this buzz, I think, in the mental health community. And so – you know, I was like, okay, well I'm still licensed in Louisiana. Like let's find ways to continue to do that work. So oh, in addition cool. to the, yeah. So it, like it just kind of, again, kind of just happened organically. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, my cases with the group practice and then I had my Louisiana clients that I was working with kind of on my own, all via telehealth. Um, and, You know, I kind of became like the go to person in the group um, for telehealth because I began working on a certification at the time and really like doing my research Mm -hmm. um, and just starting to get versed in what it was. Um, I did was was able to do some telehealth um, with some of the clients in Hawaii. And, you know, it's funny. In mo- and when I think back, like when I was moving to Hawaii, I, again, thinking about telehealth, I'm like, oh, are these all these islands and like people have they do have a struggle with access to care and all of this, but not realizing like what it takes to get your name out there <laughs> and build a practice <laughs> and all of that. Um, and so, you know, that did come, but it it just takes that groundwork. You know, you're, you can't just walk in somewhere and expect all of a sudden the, the clients are going to come. So having right. the group practice to kind of bring some weight to that, I think helped to kind of open up that piece for me in Hawaii.
0: Right, right. That's so, you know, I I feel like when things shift to such a great degree, I think uh, for a lot of us, it's like, uh, there's panic about having to put things back together. And yeah. we're like, we'll just kind of go and take whatever work we can. And that's, yes. that's, cool like that's what that's what people have to do sometimes and that's right. all right it sounds like for you it was like almost this constant you were able to kind of be climbing you know like like climbing a ladder and moving yes. up <laughs> by like just continually problem solving the obstacles that were yeah. being thrown at you like it's it's a really interesting thing like as your life continued to shift it was just almost like one more opportunity sort of opening up
1: yeah um, and I don't think I realize it in the moment. You don't realize it in the moment, right? In the moment, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, like, why isn't this just working? Yeah. <laughs> but like, not, but it's in stepping back that you're like, no, like, it's piece by piece. Like you said, one step at a time up that ladder, mm-hmm. like it's getting you somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so for, te- when did you start doing the-, the telehealth? So I actually had started um, in 2014 before we moved. Um, I had, at the time I started working with BetterHelp. Okay. Um, cause they were just kind of getting off the ground. I was still working at the hospital at the time, but I was like, well, it's another opportunity to kind of get my, dip my toes in, see how this, you know, online thing works. Um, at the time I'm trying to remember, I think they only, um, I think it was only tech space. Like it wasn't, you couldn't even do a video session and, um, you know, I did it for, I think, six months, and it just started to not feel like a good fit. I think they yeah. were very fresh off the ground,
0: mm-hmm. and there was just
1: some things there that just didn't feel like it fit well for me. But I but that was my first kind of getting into it. And then um, when I got to Hawaii, which was summer of 2015, I think I started that fall working with clients back in Louisiana online. Mm. Yeah. You were early. Yeah. You you
0: were early. I mean, now everybody's doing telehealth, but you really you jumped in the game a few years before everybody else. I was a little bit after you, but um you're an OG provider. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because like I it's again, I don't think I always realize like at the time, like what I'm doing. It's just kind of like, okay, well this here, this is here, let's go. Um Mm -hmm. but yeah, when you step back, you're like, oh okay. Like that's then when I have other people asking you like, Oh, how, how do you do that? How does that yeah. work? And I'm like, Oh, everybody doesn't know. And I, and I don't mean that in like a condescending way, but just you take for granted. Like no,
0: nobody knows. What, right, right. <laughs> if you're in any of the Facebook groups online with therapists, nobody knows that yeah. now people are getting the hang of it. But my God, there were like 8 million mm-hmm. questions. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's, 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 you need to get some information to get started in there. Yeah. Like it's a whole training process. It's it not is. just, it's not just something you just pick up and do one day.
1: No, which is why like I did um, like and I did, I had just kind of like picked up a little bit, but like started doing my research, started mm-hmm. like looking into, okay, what are the ethics of this? How does this work? And then um, I ended up doing through, I um, was it? Online therapy.org, I think, or, I can't remember the, off the top of my head, the name, but getting like a 40 hour, like certification in, mm-hmm. um, so like I'm a now like a certified behavioral telemental health provider. Oh, cool. um, Cause I'm like, I wanted to just know for myself, how does this work and what are the things? Cause there's so, I feel like especially when it comes to telehealth, it, there's just so much hearsay. Right. <laughs> well, I heard this and you can't do this or you can do this. And it's like, well, no, there are laws, there are ethics of what you can and can't do. Right.
0: And people are
1: more than willing
0: to share false information. All exactly. Of the place with each other. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and so now, t- say a little bit about you are you're building a whole other business right in conjunction with so you have a private practice you're working with women with anxiety and via online therapy this is kind of your main bread and butter and now you're also moving to kind of share this with other people right so
1: yeah so like my so I actually let me back up a minute just to kind of say like so I'm so I'm no longer in Hawaii we're back in Louisiana Mm -hmm. and um I was, again, at one of those kind of crossroads like you're talking about where I had a baby. I had left the group practice. We were moving across the country. And like you said, I was kind of at that place again of where, like, do I just take a job just to take a job? Right. Because I knew we would be moving every three to four years. And it was so much work to start up a private practice. And I'm like, financially, it does not make sense to start up a brick and mortar office, shut it down. And so I really was like, Struggling, what do I do? I I did not want to just stay at home, and like that's not a knock to anybody who does, but that's not me. Like I said, my career is really important. Sure. And so it took some time, and again, it was just what's the chicken or the egg, the the job or the childcare, and so a light bulb went off. It was like, hold on, you know how to do online therapy already. Why not build a practice so that you can do this wherever you move, right? Right. Like you, regardless of where our life takes us, I can continue my practice, continue my business no matter what. And so, so beginning of 2019 went all in on my own, um, and have continued that practice and building, um, you know, building my individual practice. And again, in the midst of that was discovering how many other people, again, were like, wait, how does this work? How do you do this? And just, began kind of sharing that with people and realized well there's there's a need for this. Right? That's like, right. there's a need that people want to do this kind of work. Um, they see the benefit, even if they're saying, well I do still want to have an office, like how can I also do telehealth? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a mom myself, I'd found like just the benefits of of working completely online have given me so much more time and freedom and flexibility to, to do what I want yeah. <laughs> and to say like, nope, I'm taking today off so I can go be at my kid's preschool class or, you know, no, I'm going to take maternity leave because I want to take maternity leave um, and not because my, you know, my employer says when I can or can't do that. Um, and so moms are who I've been focusing on with helping to, to build a practice online because, not that this isn't something that someone who is single, someone who is in a long-term relationship, if a man, a woman, anybody mm-hmm. can do this. But this is just who I am focusing on because I see the need um, right. and I see the desire of – I want to be able to be there with my kids, but I also – want to have my career because I was there like I, I was there I get it right um and so you know COVID pivoted a little bit like you said everybody was like what am I doing how do I get out? <laughs> everyone in the world simultaneously yes, had that question. yes <laughs> uh, yeah and so like in the course of that week we're literally like the whole country shut down <sighs> I quickly was like all right let me help you out and you know did some consultation and some trainings and I've been doing CEUs um, during this time, but I'm finally back at, nope, we're, I'm doing the mom thing. We're focusing on moms mm. um, and, and helping them building that practice. That's what's, what's it called the, your program or your. You know, so also- I have a Facebook group. It's called moms building online therapy practices. And, um, I have a website called raise to empower. Cause that's, like the whole idea about love like that. behind this is, um, is like helping to empower other moms, other women mm-hmm. to take control of their, their career, take control of their practice, take control of their, their income, their time. Um, and so like raising them up, but also playing on the, we're raising kids at the same time. Yeah.
0: Right. It's so important it's so important. Cause again, you know, I think it, I, I feel like you're like a master problem solver or something because <laughs> I, it's like, you know, I think for a lot of us, I mean, that sounds very overwhelming. And so be, yeah. jumping from situation to situation and, and the whole, like you said, not being able to set up a private practice and having it be worthwhile for three years in one location and right. then jumping to, I mean, it takes three years sometimes to build right, a, right. a whole thing. So, you know, I, it's like, You really kind of got creative to to put that together in a way that works for you. I love that.
1: Yeah. Well, and it was looking at, like, again, it was one of those things of, right, you look back that, like, okay, like, I was doing a little bit of telehealth, but that wasn't the main thing I was doing in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. but it was enough that i knew what to do right like i had right. already done credentialing for everybody in the practice i had done billing i had done the telehealth training like i knew what i needed to do right didn't know why <laughs> didn't know it was preparing me for this but then it was like oh <laughs> you have you have an option
0: <laughs> right right that's so cool and so then uh, kind of thinking about balance right because i feel like maybe you are a person who's good at this I don't know every time I ask this question (laughs) everyone's like oh no (laughs) yeah yeah. no I I don't know that I would say that (laughs) that's not real but as (laughs) that's what we're we're shooting for right so like self-prioritization so how do you prioritize your own wants and needs and do you feel like you maintain balance if the answer is no it's okay
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so that's a, it's a really good question so i feel like and maybe it's it comes with age and maybe it comes with time in the field but like at i think the when i think back to the beginning of my career i definitely did not prioritize my own needs and my mm-hmm. own wants it was you got to give it all to your clients. You, you know, they, everybody, you need to be a helper to everybody. That's right. Um, you like, except yourself, right? Exactly. Except (laughs) yourself. Right. Right. Everyone else. And you have to take like the salary that's given to you and you you know, um, and so I, I honestly think as I got to work for myself, um, that that has helped me to be able to prioritize my own wants and needs. Yeah. Um, I think I started to probably get a little bit of that with um, when I was doing medical social work. Cause I was able to be like, I'm not taking this home. <laughs> like there mm-hmm. were clear boundaries in that position, but I, re- but I think as I've gotten older, um, as my wants and needs have changed, just like with, I have a husband now I have kids now um, that I, when it comes to work, And client needs, I'm definitely able to say, this is time that I'm available to clients, and this is time that I'm not available to clients. I love it.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, that part I would say I'm pretty good with. But, you know, I think balance is an interesting word because I always, especially. Like a lot of times, you know, a lot of moms are like, how do I get this like mom balance? And I'm like, I don't know that you can, <laughs> that I think it's, it's more about like, um, kind of like, like I, I use the word pivot of like how pivot mm. and, and kind of adjust that it's this constant adjusting where like, there is sometimes where, my wants and needs are going to have to not be as high of a priority because Mm. there's something that needs to happen in the business or there's something that my family needs of me that has to take a little bit more center stage. And so I'm trying to be better at cognitive of being like cognitively aware of the fact that like, okay, you're not prioritizing yourself, um, before I reach burnout. But there's just sometimes where it's like, this is what has to happen right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so with that, just, again, kind of constantly, like, refining and retuning and adjusting. Um, You know, there are – there's especially – I'm thinking, like, during this time with COVID and everything. Like, we've – it's literally, like, every week, okay, how's this working? Right. <laughs> Who's got the kid today? When am I seeing clients? When do you need to go into work? And there have been things that have just had to fall by the wayside at sure. times. Um And sometimes it is self-care. Um, and so then there's some times where it's stuff that needs to be done in the business, not like seeing seeing clients, but like in the business where I'll be like, nope, I'm just going to sit on the couch today because I need a minute.
0: <laughs> right? Stare at the um, wall for a few hours. Yeah,
1: yeah, watch the mindless TV. And so I, I think I've gotten better at being able to tell when I'm close to that kind of burnout or like I'm approaching that to be able to say, we need to adjust something here
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: and again the freedom of working for myself allows me to do that right like no one's telling me well no you still have to show up at eight o'clock on Monday regardless of what's happened that's uh, right over the weekend
0: yeah okay so let me set this scene for you I was 35 years old, working at a residential program 50 plus hours a week, making less than $50,000 a year on public service loan forgiveness with nine years to go, two graduate degrees to pay for that totaled $101,000. I watched my interest accrue as I made minimum payments until my balance hit $121,000. I felt terrified, anxious, unwell, and I was sure that I couldn't stick it out to have my loans forgiven without having a mental breakdown. Do you relate to this story at all? Then I have a program for you. So I have a four week group intensive program rolling out in January 2021 that will identify your stuck points and create an individualized plan for you to get out of student debt so you can be financially free. You'll work with me and a small group of like-minded individuals to follow the process that I did to pay off all my debts in a few years while increasing my income and cultivating a more satisfying career and lifestyle. Do you wanna learn more? Visit my website at danabellateer.com and check out the Help Yourself Group Intensive. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe.
1: Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts.
0: Yep, that's huge. That's huge. You can make little
1: adjustments for yourself. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that takes, that definitely takes time. Like, to, because I think um, when I, especially when I was trying to get, my my individual practice like off the ground right like you're like I need clients I need income and you're just you know easily falling into the trap of constantly working and my husband at times would be like are you sure you don't need to take a break and I'm like no but I have to get this done and then there would be times where I would stop and go like, oh, hold on according to who right right <laughs> like, like I have to get this done by my timetable but like and that's arbitrary right like I can I can you know if my website's not done today that's okay. Right. I can work on it tomorrow. And it's not like it's going to make or break anything. Oh my God. That's
0: so funny. I so relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) I think lots of people will, I, I, I totally relate to that, to that feeling. And it's liberating in a way to be able to tell people like in, in making this podcast, you know, even my, with my, um, the producer who's helping me out, it's like, what are the timelines? And I'm like, well, these are what I have. And and I'm just really working for these, but if they don't happen, literally nothing happens at all. So it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) so then we just wake up the next day and we just try them and it's all right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah which like especially if you're I think if you're doing something on your own right like there's the energy you're like this is exciting this feels good right I love the flexibility and freedom with that but it can be it can be it's easy to fall into that trap of like go 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 Mm -hmm. because you're like I want to get this up I want to you know share this but then you're losing out on the benefits of working for yourself because you're just burning yourself out by just not stopping.
0: That's right. We have to remind ourselves why we did it in the first place. Right.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. So why do you think, or what would you say to other helping professionals that are, that are thinking about, you know, that maybe have similar circumstances, maybe someone else who's married to someone in the military. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: um, are thinking about what they want to do, if they want to use their degree, if they want to be working or, or how, you know, how to problem solve. Like, why do you think that it's important for helpers to tailor their work to fit what their life circumstances are and not try to smush their lives to fit whatever their work demands are?
1: Yeah. Like, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think part of it comes back to like happiness and contentment. Like as, as you're saying that, like thinking about like, I, for, for so long, especially at the beginning of my career, like I squished my life in to fit my work circumstances, you know, and I, and I was in credit card debt and I, you know, was burnt out and, you know, didn't have a healthy, um, you know, self care and, and, because I was trying to make my life fit with what I was doing with work and, um, and, and kind of feeling, um, not victim is not the right word, but feeling like kind of chained to that, right? Like this is how it is. Um, and so I really think it's important even even like again, I get it. Like when you're at the beginning of the, your career, like there are limitations of what you can do because you aren't licensed fully, and and you know you may you know not be able to see people independently. You mm-hmm. know, and not that everybody needs to go into private practice, but I think it's important to tailor your work to your life circumstances because then you're more passionate about it. I think like you're more invested in it because it's something that you enjoy and not something that you have to do. Um, it's something that doesn't feel like I'm fitting a round peg in a square hole that I I have to force this. Um, and, and I think it also comes then with, with a little less stress, Mm -hmm. um, because it's not like, I'm thinking again, like for those that have to, um, and their life, and move for their spouses or their partners, um, work. You know their job, whether they're military or do something else. That like, if you're able to tailor something that, whether it is working for yourself or working for a company that allows you flexibility to work from home or wherever you are, like, that's one less stress every time you move. Of now, I have to start over with a job hunt. You know, we're losing income because now I'm without a job for who knows how many months. Um, So, you know, I I think it helps to create a feeling, like I said, of like passion, um, definitely less stressed and and just like connectedness to that then because you're like, this is mine, right? Like I'm choosing this. I'm not being forced to do it. Right. Yes. Not being forced to do it. I love that. Yeah.
0: I think that that it's so difficult. Like, I, I feel like I'm just coming to a place over these past maybe five years or so where I'm like, oh, like I could have a career that's of my choosing and not just you know especially like as a for me as a person as i'm a woman who doesn't have kids and like i have so much of my life has been built around what i'm doing for my work it's been a primary spot in my identity forever yeah so it's like not building a life around that or saying i'm going to build this intentionally so it serves me and i'm not serving it is feels like this weird radical notion Um, Oh, absolutely. Well,
1: and it's and I think even again, like as you're talking, like I'm thinking of like being tied to other circumstances. Like I know multiple people who have said like, oh, I would love to do private practice, but I have to um, I have to work for a nonprofit so I can get my student loan. Exactly. Oh my God. I have a lot to say about the the whole student loan program. And 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 like and I get that. I totally, totally get that. But at the same time, if you're so miserable in what you're doing and it's not giving you the time that you want with yourself or your family or your friends or 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 or, you know the happiness, then is is it worth that? Um I would that. I would say no. <laughs> I would
0: too. <laughs> but I'm very biased on that point. Right. I know. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Yeah. So you know, now that we've kind of established that you're a master problem solver (laughs) and knowing that I think that your story probably does resonate with other um, helping professionals that are thinking about how do I fit work into whatever my unique life situation is, especially now in the time of COVID when people like, oh my God, like everything, all our assumptions about what kind of support we're going to have or, you know, how things are going to be scheduled are totally upside down. Right, right. So... For those helping professionals, as our master problem solver, (laughs) what would be the best piece of advice that you could offer to helpers as they're trying to problem solve for themselves? How do I think about creating, you know, work that's going to be of service to me and work for what my changing lifestyle is?
1: Yeah, that's a really – that's a good question because I, I don't think private practice is the answer for everybody. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that doing something that is of yourself is the answer too. And and what I mean by that is like it doesn't have to be um, – it do, like it doesn't have to be I have to go work for an organization. I have right. to go work for – um, you know, a nonprofit, I have to accept, you know, what is it, what is available to me. And like a lot of people are finding stuff like stuff's just not being promised now with COVID, right? Like jobs mm-hmm. are going away and, and finances or like budget constraints are cutting things. And so I think a lot of times there are people who are in kind of the helping profession right now are kind of fearful of taking certain steps because they're like, there's so much uncertainty right now. Right. Um. But but looking at, okay, rather than saying, like, let me go get on Indeed, let me go look at, like, what else is out there, like, to take a minute and kind of do some self-reflection, like, what are you good at? Like, what, what um, you know, what populations do you enjoy working with? What things that maybe aren't even connected to mental health do you enjoy that people kind of maybe come to you as a problem solver for? Mm-hmm. And it, maybe it is, like... You make something that people are always asking you to, to make. That like, can you, you know, have some extra income from that if it's not going to be something that's going to drain you, you know? Right. Um, that it doesn't have to just be that we're looking outside to what is available. What are options that we can create um, something for ourselves? I have a friend who, yes, um, she's created the um, a, a, a business that she does CEU events. And she helps puts them on, and so like people kind of use her to go through to prevent to present their CEUs, um, and it's bringing her money that she doesn't have to, you know, answer for anybody else. She's doing it, but it also doesn't, you know, feel as taxing as maybe the individual work of therapy. So, mm-hmm. you know, getting creative that um, again, you're not you're not just um, tied to what is actually out there again, like on the job listserv <laughs> that you right. can create something for yourself that works for you.
0: Yes. I love that. That's so great. That's so great. And it's freeing and it's, yes. it's liberating so to think freeing. about. Yeah. So
1: freeing. And 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 it's empowering. Like I know I keep, I, I come back to that word a lot, but like to, to see something that you have created, that you have made <laughs> that the money that's in your bank account is because you've worked hard to earn it, not because somebody says, well, this is what you're worth and we're paying you for. Right. Um, is really empowering.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Agree. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: Ashley, if people
0: want to find you, if they're interested in, um, the, you know, if they're interested in learning more about like what you're doing in terms of helping support, um, moms getting off the ground with telehealth or just kind yeah. of following your work, where, um, would you suggest people go to look for you?
1: So uh, a couple places. Um, so my website is raised to mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a Facebook group, um, called Moms Building Online Therapy Practices with Ashley comma, Um, and then I do also have a free guide um, that people can download. I don't know if you'll can put it in their show notes or something. Mm-hmm, but, sure. Um, if people just go to bitly forward slash mom abc guide, even if you're not a mom, it's a great tool um, to help get you know, get, figure out what do I need to get started? I'm big with like, what's the essentials. We don't need to go through all the, like, well, if it's this scenario, go here. If it's just like, no, let's just get like cut to the chase. Let's, right. let's not make this too, um, too j- difficult. So that guide kind of walks you through what are the essential pieces, um, that you need to kind of get started if you're thinking of going online.
0: Right. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, we will send people there.
1: i I feel like it's an
0: invaluable resource right now so it's like excellent timing yes yeah (laughs) great and thank you so much for for being on and taking your time yeah no i'm glad to do this this was fun yeah this was really fun so that's the show thank you guys for listening so much For more from Ashley Comagies, you can find her at raisedtoempower.com. You can find her work at Moms Building Online Therapy Practices with Ashley Comagies. And there's a free guide available that you can check out at bit.ly forward slash momabcguide. For more from me, you can go to danabellateer.com. You can learn more there about the Help Yourself program that's launching in January for helping professionals looking to get out of student debt and start their lives. Thank you, Liam O'Donnell, for editing and producing the show and Rocco Misko for providing the music. And we'll talk to you next week.